Hi, my name is Shannon Lee, and you're listening to The Slapcast. Hey, everyone. It is almost Thanksgiving, and we are on episode 21 of The Slapcast. Now, to celebrate, I brought in to The Slapcast team, which the team is really me, Producer Jonathan and coworker Jason. Um, that's his official name, like coworkers, his first name, last name, Officially. Jason. Yeah. And uh, I brought in some wine, turkey, stuffing, some other fixings to kind of go along with the Thanksgiving theme and gravy. And gravy, you're right. There's mashed potatoes and gravy. There's some green beans here. So we might be snacking a little bit tonight as we go along. We'll try not to make too much noise, but. This stuffing's pretty good, Jason. Don't, don't you have a, a stuffing? You have an issue with some stuffing that I heard about recently. Yeah. So Slapcast community, we need to have a conversation. My my job title is community engagement. Uh, direct, what's my t- job title? Manager. Don't go director I just, if that's I just too high. I just get called coworker. Um, so, um, but anyway, my job is to engage the community, and I would be doing a disservice to all of you if we didn't take a moment to talk about the tragedy that is oyster stuffing. <laughs> People are making this on purpose and ruining family functions. <laughs> You've heard people talk about how the holidays are tough for some families. There are a percentage of those why. families that the reason that it's difficult is because your aunt keeps making oyster stuffing and it's just for her and it stinks up the whole house and it needs to stop. I still don't think it's a real thing. Are you sure this, this is, is a real? real thing? It is an epidemic that has swept across the Midwest. No, not Cape Cod, the Midwest. There is no reason. You can't find a fresh oyster in Ohio, but here we are putting it in stuffing. Why do I have a feeling that no one in Cape Cod would actually do that to stuffing? Because people that make it are monsters. That's the only <laughs> logical reason. So enjoy your turkey this year. <laughs> enjoy your potatoes. And you know what? I'm even going to let green bean casserole slide, but only in light whoa, of whoa, the whoa, fact whoa. that oyster stuffing exists. Are you coming against green bean casserole right now? I'm saying it's lazy. Your uncle <laughs> that barely can make hot dogs. And guess what? He doesn't even boil them. He puts them in the microwave. <laughs> I'm saying that even your uncle who can't cook is making green bean casserole. You have a point there, because it really is just dump and bake, right? Right. Right. I mean, it's, la- it's as lazy as can get. And then you put, like, like you somehow fried and put crispy onions. No, you didn't. You bought that. You opened a bag, and you dumped that garbage on top of it. And guess what? The moment it's not piping hot, it's trash. <laughs> That's some strong opinions. Well, there you have it. That's our position on um, the travesty of... What did you, it's oyster a, stuffing? Yeah, I can't even get stuffing. it out of my so mouth because it, it makes me want it's, to. It's a heavy conversation it, to have. But it, it, <laughs> we so talk about right servant now. leadership so often. And if you're serving and leading or serving a meal or hosting a meal, you know, you don't even have to be the one that cooks it. If it comes through your door, you're obligated to throw that out into the yard. <laughs> um, the only problem is the dogs will not eat it. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because you don't want that coming out the other end. That is true. Now, I'm not opposed to oysters, but on Thanksgiving, it has no business. It doesn't. Stuffing. I would agree. Um, well, I don't know if I'll ever be back on the Slapcast, but <laughs> if noth- if you hear nothing else, if I'm no longer a co-worker, <laughs> I just want you to promise me. Do you know why I, call- I feel like you're offended at that? I call you co-worker because I see you as my equal. I don't want to say that. my employee. Yeah. Well, n- but you just... 
but you just said that now. <laughs> so, so however that was supposed to feel, um, that's like when somebody tells you, hey, I'm not saying, and then they say a sentence. It's like, but you are. But literally, it, here's, a, here's, a t- here's another pro tip, uh, another pro tip, and then I'm out of here, uh, other than oyster stuffing. Anytime somebody says, I'm not trying to say dot, 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 whatever comes out of their mouth next is exactly what they're trying to say. Yeah. And you can take that to the bank. I don't know how that lines up with emotional intelligence, <laughs> listening to people. I'm sure there are a lot of things that I'm violating here that we teach, but more than likely, more than likely, I should probably exit now, but have a great Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy everybody. all the Thanksgiving things with that. With that, I think that was our longest intro ever. Um, and it's going to get a little longer because I have a lot to remind people about. First of all, if this is your first time here, I'm sorry. Uh, please like and subscribe and feel free to contact us directly at slapcast at relayleadership.org. I'd be remiss if I didn't remind the audience, especially those living close to Columbus, of some upcoming workshops and professional development opportunities. The first of those, Care to Lead, it's a six-hour workshop. And it focuses on awakening the servant leader in you. What I mean is it gives you a model for evaluating your own behaviors as a leader and otherwise challenging those behaviors that aren't serving you and then showing you a pathway for changing those behaviors so you can show up the way you want and get the results that you're after. It focuses heavily on mindset. Jason's already been through it once. We're going to have him go through it again. Just, you know why now you heard everything, but we also dive into some actionable steps besides the mindset to help you really pull this into the every, you know, your everyday work, your everyday life. It's on December 12th. It's at Cohatch Worthington. And all you have to do is go to relayleadership.com slash care to lead. You can find all the details on how to register. It's only $250, which is an amazing value for a one-day workshop. It includes all your materials and your lunch. Now, two other opportunities we have coming up. They begin in 2020, but we're enrolling now. One program is called NextGen. The other is called ExecGen. So NextGen is for young professionals. These are high-potential, high-performing young professionals who either are in or want to be in a leadership role. It provides you with the emotional and mindset growth opportunities to begin to think like a leader. Leaders don't think like individual contributors. This isn't a good or bad thing. It's simply put that leaders need to be able to make decisions differently than when they were individual contributors, simply put. So we accomplish this through emotional intelligence work, mindset work, coaching, assessments, and workshops. You can learn more, nominate yourself or another rising star young professional. All you have to do is go to nextgenleaders.com. That's N-X-G-E-N leaders.com. But you need to hurry. In order to be ready for the program start, which is on January 30th and 31st, there's an assessment, a little bit of pre-work, and we need to get you ready for that program in January. So we need to know by December 13th if you're going to be in the program. Then there's ExecGen. This is for professionals with 20 plus years supervisory experience or more. These folks are high performing leaders already who want to enhance their leadership style and business acumen with mindset tools like awareness, emotional intelligence, as well as learning to use assessments. Furthermore, this group receives training in emotional intelligence, servant leadership, a, spe- a specific assessment tool in change management. Folks in ExecGen also receive 10 one-on-one executive coaching sessions. That's right. Those sessions right there are worth at least half of the enrollment fee for sure. If you or someone you know needs this program, visit relayleadership.com slash execgen. That's E-X-E-C-G-E-N. 
Info is there, plus a link to register. And just like NextGen, the deadline is December 13th. ExecGen starts in early February, so please do not delay. This program actually only has nine slots left, so we're, we're filling up quickly. Okay, guys, I had to do it. On today's episode, I want to talk about gratitude. Yes, I know it seems corny at Thanksgiving. Everybody talks about being thankful and being grateful. It's so typical right before Thanksgiving, whatever. But listen, I think this is good stuff. I want to go a little bit deeper though with gratitude and go past maybe the gratitude lists and some of the surface stuff get to the deeper meaning of gratitude and how each of us can start showing really meaningful, deep appreciation to those around us, both at work and in the rest of our life. So let's go. to talk about gratitude as we lead up to Thanksgiving. And at first, when I thought about this, I was like, nobody's going to want to hear about gratitude. And I know that sounds funny. I definitely feel more thankful this time of year because of all of the reminders for sure. But sometimes I feel like the topic of gratitude can be relegated to something that is very surface. And I think that while making gratitude lists and being more aware of what you're grateful for is a great place to start. Definitely not a bad idea. I want to pull from something that I wrote about in the book that I'm working on right now about gratitude that I believe takes us to a much deeper level and maybe a more, maybe a richer understanding of gratitude that I hope will help the listeners approach it a little bit differently, not just this time of year, but all of the time. So the Oxford Dictionary defines gratitude this way, the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for, and to return kindness. The key difference here is we get the thankful part. I think that all of us agree that being thankful is a good thing, maybe showing appreciation, but gratitude returns kindness. The question is how? How do we return kindness? Now, being thankful and saying thank you is, for many of us, think about when you were a child, you were taught to say thanks, right? It's almost been relegated to being about manners or even a custom, but gratitude or being grateful, that comes from the inside when you recognize someone's value, whether it's them as a human being or something that they've done, something that they've accomplished, maybe they've done something for you, I don't know. And you return their kindness through deep, heartfelt, warm appreciation. Now, when we develop a gratitude mindset, because that's going to be the difference between sitting at home and listen, I know I've said gratitude list a couple times here. I do this almost every day, thinking about what I'm grateful for and writing it down. I use a, an app in my smartphone is really powerful. I think you should do that. But developing a mindset takes something a little bit more, or I should say, in addition to that. And I want to give you some of the ways that I have developed a gratitude, a mindset of gratitude. And I'm going to start with something more 
um, esoteric and then work my way to something a little bit more concrete. So first of all, I really believe that we need to acknowledge the miracles. Now, I know that sounds super fluffy, but bear with me. You have waterproof skin that also absorbs things. You have a mind that can imagine all sorts of things. Think about nature, mountains and rivers and oceans, the cosmos and on and on. We are literally surrounded by wonder on a daily basis and we don't even notice it most of the time. And I know you might be thinking, oh, she's just a tree hugger, whatever, you know, nature loving, whatever, fine. I don't even care. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But here's the thing. If you just stop and for 15 minutes, think about all of the wonder around you about photosynthesis and trees. Like we live in Ohio, so we get all four seasons here ish, depending on the, <laughs> the year, right? I think we just went from summer we to winter. Yeah, we get two and a half, but when you think about things like photosynthesis, that trees get leaves and then the leaves die and fall and then they grow back on that same tree every year. I know this is elementary, but just think about that whole process of photosynthesis. Think about metamorphosis of certain insects, right? That go from one thing to another. Think about just the amazing, um, you know, if you look up at the sky at night and you think about the turning of, you know, the moon and the moon cycles, and I mean, you could go on and on and on in your thinking. I think what's important is just to notice. For me, when I started doing this, it was a methodology to remain more present, just to notice the wonder around me. And I really realized that as I did that, it kind of got overwhelming. Like, I started to feel and develop this mindset of gratitude and I carried it with me everywhere that I went. So eventually it wasn't so much about waiting for something good to happen so I can thank someone for it, but my mind actually started looking for things to be grateful for automatically. And I'm going to tell you why your mind does that in a minute. So the second thing is I made it a habit. You can do this through a gratitude list, yes, but instead, I think what can put you in a better state of awe and wonder is when you make it a habit to think about it every day just in your mind. And the way you think about it is you think about it in specifics, like not just saying I'm grateful for my kids, okay? So let's just start with children, if you have children, or why don't we use friends? Hopefully all of us have friends. Maybe not everyone has children. So I'm grateful for my friends. So that's a level of gratitude. Instead, what if we said, I'm grateful for my friend, Jonathan, because, and I am, and then I answer in my mind, why am I grateful for Jonathan? Well, I'm grateful because of X, Y, and Z. And then I think about not just why I'm grateful, but what that means to me. Okay. And that gets it to a deeper level for me, but that's still only the quality of being thankful or the quality of being grateful. That is still not showing appreciation or returning kindness, but it starts with number one, the wonder the miracles. Number two, making a habit of recognizing what I'm deeply appreciative of in other people specifically, right? When I make a gratitude list, sometimes it's really general. It's the 30,000 foot view. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful I have a car and all those things are wonderful. I think you should be grateful for those things. 
But if you really want to develop this mindset, get super hyper specific. So what I'm thinking about, what I'm grateful for with my staff, with my volunteers, I'm thinking about their talents, their skills, their abilities, the spirit that they bring to the environment. I think about my own accomplishments. What am I grateful for of my, in my abilities? What does that bring to my life? What has that created for me? I want to think about it specifically. I think we can get in such a funk and feel like, you know, like if we're having a bad day, that that bad day is all of the days that this situation that's a bad situation is all of my situations. I know for me, when I'm getting there, I have abandoned this mindset of gratitude because there is literally something around me all the time that is a miracle, that is wonderful. There's always someone around me that is contributing in some way to either my experience, my life, or the world around them that I can be grateful for. And when I get intentional about recognizing that in myself, just noticing it, I begin to develop this awareness. Then the third step is, is to say it, to express it. I've said to my husband before, and I'm, I'm 90% sure he'd be okay with me sharing this, <laughs> that sometimes he'll say something and I'm like, thank you so much for telling me that. He goes, yeah, I actually, it made it out of my brain, out of my mouth. <laughs> because sometimes we think of things and I could be sitting here thinking how just take Jonathan for a second, how grateful I am for what he brings to this podcast. And he does so much, he does so much more, more for our organization. And I could start thinking specifically about that, but the magic and the benefit of gratitude, that piece that in that definition that says to return kindness, I don't get the benefit of that until I tell Jonathan. And so he doesn't get the benefit of it either. Now, here's why once you start getting out of your brain, again, you've got to get the awareness first. Once you get it out of your brain and you start expressing it to others in this deep, meaningful way, again, it's not, thank you for doing this. It's, I so appreciate this. And here's why this is what it means to me. And this is what it's helping me accomplish, etc. I so appreciate this about you. I've seen you grow so much in this area and this is why it's so important for your life, whatever. Once we expect that, express that verbally, there's actually scientific proof, and I'm not, um, I'll find the article. There's many of them, but I'll, I'll try to remember. Jonathan, help me remember to cite the article in our podcast um, description. But there's articles that tell us that the act of expressed gratitude in this deep, warm way helps release those, some of those feel good chemicals in our brain, like dopamine and serotonin. And unlike other, mindset work that you do where you really feel like you're kind of pushing against your natural tendency until you start to rebuild those neural pathways in your brain. Gratitude is one of those things that your brain says, yes, that felt good. I want more of that. Kind of like when you have sugar or wine. <laughs> and so um, when I express that gratitude to a friend or to my spouse or my child or a coworker, it gives off these feel good emotions and um you know, it talks to those serotonin receptors in my brain and it becomes this reciprocal effect and it does the same thing for the other person. 
So now you've got all these feel good chemicals going on in this interaction between both of you and you're uplifting the other person while you're uplifting yourself. Not that that's why you're doing it, but it just, it just happens. It's just the way it goes. And so this can become instead of a, that negative, um, vicious cycle that I mentioned, like when we get in a funk, instead we create a virtuous cycle where we can't help but do this more. And when you do this, guess what happens? You start noticing the miracles and the wonder more often. You start noticing what specifically you're appreciative of, of the people around you. You start noticing it just yourself and then you start expressing it more. I've seen this work in my own life. I'm telling you all it takes is for you to take that first, those first two steps of noticing the wonder, really making a practice of it. I started doing it every day, like purposely looking around me and noticing about, wow, that is so cool. Look at that. And it could even be technology. Like it blows my mind what my iPhone does, right? This didn't exist 10, 11 years ago. So keeping the wonder in your life, noticing the specificity of what you appreciate about other people and then saying it, really expressing or writing it, the email, written note, whatever, just getting it out to the other person. Now, what keeps us from doing this? There are some really big uh, gremlins, I'll call them, that keep us from actually doing this. And one of the big ones, especially from leaders, and actually I know parents who do this with their kids. And that is, we want something in return. Now, when I share appreciate, if, if I'm victim of this, if this mistake, I would never admit that it's because I want something in return or I withhold it because I didn't get what I wanted in return. But this is what happens. I hear it all the time. A friend of mine will come to me and say, you know, I am definitely not going to be appreciative for this and do anything nice for this person because they just don't appreciate my efforts. Um, another example, someone once told me, well, I never give money to homeless people because they're just going to use it for drugs. What we're really saying is I only want to do the good thing if the person responds in a way that I approve of. Folks, this is what we call the sunny side of control. We are doing something nice and we want them to do something in return that we approve of, that we like to return it in kind. Really what we're saying is I'm only going to show up the way I want to show up and according to my values if you reciprocate. And that is not very kind. Here's my philosophy on giving money to homeless people. Do I want to give that five bucks up or that $1 or that $20 bill or not, period. Let go of the outcome. Leaders, I find doing this when they try to institute employee appreciation programs or recognition programs, and then they get all bent out of shape when the employees don't quote unquote, like act like they appreciated it. Listen, that's not why we do this. We do it because it's good and it's in alignment with our values. That's why we have values. We don't say, well, I'm going to show up in appreciation and deep, warm gratitude. I'm going to return kindness because it's going to get me what I want from people and because I want them to appreciate and fall in line and and come and say thank you. Like none of us would verbalize it that way. But when we get upset, when it's not returned, that's actually what we're saying. That's actually what's going on. We have to be able to give this away and let go of the fact that it may not be returned, but that's okay because that's not why we're doing it. I think another thing that keeps us from adopting this mindset and showing up this way 
is we choose to withhold it as punishment. Now, I am not proud of this, but I have done this not in recent years, but I have done this in my marriage where uh, maybe my husband has done something like something that he always does, like mow the lawn or does the things that I don't like doing. He fixes everything around the house. He takes out the trash all the time. He always mows the lawn. He always, you know, all of the stuff that I hate doing. And there have been times in history where I have said, I have decided I'm not going to acknowledge that because I'm mad about something. And so we falsely believe that if we withhold appreciation, even though it's deserved, or earned that in some way we're communicating something that needs to be communicated. And this is just another control tactic. Something else that keeps us from doing this is fear that we will be taken advantage of. We feel like that it makes us too vulnerable and that, and this is especially prevalent in workplaces where if I'm too appreciative and show too much gratitude, then people are going to see me as weak and take advantage of me. Honestly, I'm a firm believer that you can only be taken advantage of if you allow it, number one. And number two, I don't think most people are trying to take advantage of me. I just don't think they are. And that fear of giving appreciation and deep gratitude for fear of being you know, manipulated or taken advantage of, to me, is just unfounded. And it's so rare that it's just an excuse. It's just an excuse. And finally especially in the workplace, it's the fear that we're encouraging poor performance. If I have a poor performer and they actually do something really good over here, that if I even acknowledge that, they're going to think they're okay on everything and still not fix the problems on the other side of their job, right? That they're failing at. And so the mistake of the leader here is thinking that that when we show appreciation, that that means we can't have the and conversation. I can say, I appreciate that you did this and I need you to work on improvement over here. We can have the and conversation. We can be appreciative and expect high performance and correct behavior at the same time. So how to show deep appreciation, adopt the mindset adopt the mindset. And remember I said, how do you adopt a mindset? Well, you notice the miracles you get to wondering and, and being full of wonder with what's around you. And you start making it a habit for yourself. Then you, with specificity, you express it to others. And since we do a lot of leadership stuff here on the Slapcast, if it's in the workplace, you then tie that appreciation to goals and higher purpose. You let people know what that accomplishes for you, for the organization, for the goals for the year. And that can really create that specificity that you're, that you're working towards and make sure that it's relevant. Not everybody wants to be appreciated in the same way. Um, a lot of you have heard of the five love languages, but they've written a, another book that's the same authors called the five languages of appreciation. So some people words are not how they hear appreciation. Sometimes they feel appreciation, appreciated, excuse me, through acts of service, right? And so I highly encourage you to grab that book because it will show you how to implement the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. So it takes the love languages and, and makes it workplace approach, um, appropriate. So here's my challenge to you. And we're going to end with this. As you walk into this season of thankfulness and gratitude, be thinking of how you can return kindness to those around you by adopting this mindset of gratitude 
and being specific. Say it, write it, act on it. Don't just think it. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>